Time now for the Penn State Guys Sports Spectacular with your hosts, Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, and Mike Kegley. That's right, Penn State Sports Spectacular. And here we go, week number two. Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy. Glad you're with us here on this. Uh, another weekend, um, the Penn State looking outstanding last week, doing what they needed to do under the lights on NBC. And an easier task this week as they uh, go out of conference <clears throat> and take on the Blue Hens and see if they'll lay an egg, uh, the people here from Delaware. Uh, they've got Michigan-style helmets, but the comparison stopped there. But uh, Mike Kegley, want to get your thoughts first on the Nittany Lions. Um, how about this young quarterback, uh, Mr. Aller, looking outstanding um, in his debut? You know, he was really the difference in the game. If you look at Penn State's high-powered rushing offense, they ended up with the exact same number of yards as West Virginia, 146. Singleton and Allen were were doing fine, five yards a pop. I thought C.J. Donaldson of uh, West Virginia looked equally impressive. But then when you go into the quarterback position, I mean, Aller's got an NFL arm. At six foot five and 235, 240, a little bit reminiscent of Josh Allen, but doesn't doesn't have the the running chops, at least at this time. But he can throw a football through a brick wall. And and you know, he he literally was the difference in the game. Uh and 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 really he stretched the field and those wide receivers were open and he hit them. It it was it was impressive game for the for the for him you know coming out there opening the season yeah it really was this is why you know i mean it felt james franklin felt very comfortable about this position right all, all during preseason and and now you know why because you know the coaches got a chance to look at him a little bit last year um but first career start um these are numbers that are pretty impressive you'll be telling your grandkids about 21 of 29 325 yards and three touchdowns in this and as you mentioned he's you mentioned josh allen and you're right the the, the running isn't there um, but boy, he's got a lot of other similarities, six, five, just big, great arm, but I'm not going to say the cannon arm because, you know, we've talked about that before. When you get into that, you know, the, the Dan Marino kind of, you know, Jeff George kind of comparisons, um, there's Jay Cutler. There's something else missing when the arm is the first thing you talk about. Um, and I think he's got more going on than just his arm fair. Yeah. I don't think he's got the quick release. I, I guess I would look at, at, uh. Jeff George, you know, Dan Marino, Joe Namath, uh, Kurt Warner is having those. Those are the guys that literally get rid of the ball in, in less than a second, it seems like. But he, he had a little he has a little bit of a wind up. But boy, he, he, he definitely has a strong arm. And the other the other thing that I thought was interesting, and, and it's hard to really put your finger on this. But he took what was there for the defense. He didn't yeah. force the ball. And, and you know, if, if, if he had to thread the needle through three defenders, you know, he, he, you know, he might have had one or two throws like that. But for the most part, he made the right throw the open to the open receiver. And that 21 of 29, that's really close to, you know, Phil Sims in the Super Bowl when he went, <laughs> what was it, 22 of 29 or yeah. something unbelievable like that. It was, it was a heck of a game. And when, when you consider that's his first start, if you're a Penn State fan, you have to be incredibly excited because what's going to happen is he gets better as he goes through the season. Sure. 
Yeah, yeah. And again, against a, a power five opponent. I mean, it's, you know, um, very impressive. First Penn State quarterback to pass for at least 300 yards in his first career start uh, in a decade, 2013, last time that it happened, Michael Robinson. So uh, Drew Rallo looking good, and now it's uh, the Delaware Blue Hens uh, stepping down to the FCS. Uh, Coach Franklin in his uh, weekly news conference talking a bit about uh, Saturday's opponent. Let's listen in, and we'll talk on the other side. Got a ton of respect for the University of Delaware for a long time. Uh, very successful program. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you look at their history and their traditions. Uh, we have a ton of respect for the university as a whole. Uh, Ryan Cardi, um, you know, really is an offensive coordinator, excuse me, as a head coach with an offensive coordinator background and has done some really good things. Ten returning starters, that's still relevant at this point of the season. Uh, Ryan Cardi also um, is the offensive coordinator as well and play caller. They're an RPO spread style offense. Um, you know, their pass game is vertical, um, you know, and, and movements. Um, but in my mind, I expect us to see a ton of quick game, a ton of screens, and a ton of, uh, you know, move, move the pocket type stuff. Uh, I think that's that's how I think they'll play us. They base out of 11 personnel guys that we're impressed with is wide receiver number 17, Jordan Townsend, quarterback number 14, Ryan O'Connor, and then running back number 21, Marcus Yates. Defensively, Manny Rojas uh, really kind of comes from like the Al Gro uh, tree of football. And then he, you look at them, they've, they've taken some of the Iowa State uh, three safety scheme and kind of merge those two things. Uh, Coach Rojas is from Oakdale, Pennsylvania, um, but they're a multiple scheme, front end coverage, uh, a lot of kind of unorthodox and unusual, unusual looks. Guys that we're impressed with is linebacker number zero, Jackson Taylor, who's from Pennsylvania, uh, nose tackle number 55, uh, Keyshawn Hunter, uh, who's a old, old Dominion transfer. And then defensive end, number 12, Chase McGowan. They're guys that jump out to us. Hey, James, a guy who used to sit in that chair um, said that a team, a football team, often makes its greatest improvement from week one to week two. If you, do you agree with that? And if you do, where would you like to see your team make the most improvement this week? Yeah, I, I think we need to. I think your first couple weeks in the season, I think you can make significant strides and you need to make significant strides. Um, I think that's what the best programs do. Um, and I think the best programs improve and learn and make corrections after wins. They don't, they don't have to have setbacks, um, wake up calls to be able to do it. Now that's, that's easier said than done. Um, but yeah, I think, I think if you look at us, kind of some of the things that I just hit on, um, areas for improvement. So we need to be more consistent on the special teams. We need to create more turnovers on defense. Um, and then on offense, you know, we need to improve our third down percentage and stay on the field. The best offenses get most of their first downs on first and second down, which we did do. But when you're able to combine that with, with also being efficient on third down, you know, then, then you're difficult to deal with. So, um, you know, the areas I talked about areas for improvement with us is really, I guess what, what we'd be focused on saying, 
uh, what will we'd like to see in these next couple of weeks, uh, us build on the things we did well and, and improve in the areas that need to be addressed. West Virginia's coach made some comments about the last second touchdown. I wanted to give you a chance to, if you have any response to him and what's your mindset of getting Bo some playing time and, and letting your guys run plays versus if you score late, you, maybe you open yourself up to some level of criticism. Yeah, you know, I guess everybody looks at it differently, right? You know, for me, I believe that my responsibility in those type of situations is to get my twos in the game. But I think once those twos get in the game, then they deserve the right and the chance to play and compete. Um, That's what I believe. I believe that from the opening kick to the last whistle, you compete and you play. Now, if you leave your ones in, that's a different story. Then you should change how you play. And you, and you take knees and, and you run in situations that you normally wouldn't run in. That's different. But when your twos go in the game, those guys get limited amount of reps they should have a chance to compete. And I believe that not just from a Penn State perspective, if, if we're ever in that situation, I, I, I see it the same way. This isn't me looking at it just, just from, from, from our view. I got a bunch of other things I, I could say, um, but, but I'm just going to leave it at that. That is, that is my philosophy and our philosophy. I think when our two offense was in there against the majority of their ones, they have the chance to go compete. And, and I think Bo getting in there and being able to run the offense, they went to cover zero, which it's hard to run when you go cover zero. Bo should have the ability to check to our cover zero plan and have a chance to execute a play that has a chance to be successful against cover zero. Uh, and then should have a chance to, to score. Um, so I, I'm comfortable with that. I can't, I can't do a whole lot more than that, and, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I don't think there's a, a big danger of having a Michigan-Appalachian State type of situation happening uh, for, the, for the Nittany Lions. I'm not trying to knock Delaware, but, but this is going to be a game that the uh, offensive line and defensive line of the Nittany Lions are going to feast and they are probably going to send a message to the Fighting Illini that they are indeed prepared to pel- to play on uh, Fox's Big Noon show, and uh, they want to show off and show the Big Ten that this is the year that they pass up Ohio State and or Michigan. Yeah. Uh, Delaware coming in, uh, again, from FCS. They're actually 19th in the nations where they're ranked in the FCS uh, coaches poll. Uh, but how about attendance wise? You know, they they played at Stony Brook last week before about 11,000 fans, which is one tenth of what we saw at Beaver Stadium last week, right? 110,000. So, um, and even Delaware's coach, uh, Ryan Carter, was saying, hey, you were excited about it. Of course, the administration's excited because they get a big fat check and they're probably going to go, you know, renovate a locker room or, you know, pay for a new field or something with the money they're going to get. Um, but that's just football. That's college football. So, uh, you know, what are the things you, that you want to see out of this team, uh, Mike, as they get past this game 
and then go to Illinois next week for a game that's um, that's the, the noon kickoff in Champaign on Fox. Yeah, you know, if if I'm Coach Franklin, Drew Allers, you know, he, he, this kid's a stud. Uh, I, I'd like to get Singleton and Allen, you know, one of those games where we get both running backs over 100 yards each, give the Fighting Illini and the rest of the Big Ten a lot of weapons to worry about when Penn State comes to town. This is This team has been billed as his best team, and he's had some good years in the last decade. If that's the case, uh, I wonder if one of the two big, big teams, uh, Michigan or Ohio State, might fall victim to this Penn State team. I think this could be the year, and Allard, again, is looking so good. <clears throat> when you look at his um, his numbers uh, already uh, last year and then game one here, seven touchdowns, one interception. It's pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. There's <laughs> no question uh, about that. So it is, uh, again, Penn State taking on Delaware and a game that we'll be watching. And again, this is one uh, home game, again, uh, at State College. Penn yes, State. And, yeah, and, and look. Good start on this one. Yes, and it looks like to me this is one that could be a lot like a video game. We could see the points just going up very quickly, and and you might hear you know dinging in the background, and the poor Delaware uh, folks are going to be sitting there with one hundred and ten thousand screaming Penn State fans. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Well, uh, so again, Delaware at Penn State, number seven in the country, holding steady uh, in this week's poll, and uh, a noon kickoff in Happy Valley. More happy fans coming out of the stadium. Stay with us. Much more to come here after a quick timeout. This is Penn State Sports Spectacular. Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News and World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022. And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician. Protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day. Call right now for your free home security consultation. 800-613-8053-800-613-8053-800-613-8053. That's 800-613-8053. Well, back here on the show, Larry is with Mike. Uh, Brad is—he's—he's uh, he's, he's avoiding us this week. He doesn't want to talk to us. No, just kidding. He's with his family. We'll see him back here next week. Um, hey, want to get your thoughts here? Um, uh, we've talked a lot about uh, Colorado and the big win. Uh, Shadur Sanders, five hundred ten yards in his Colorado debut to set a school record. How's that? Uh, big man on big man on campus. Just two weeks into uh, classes starting, right? Uh, the junior son of the coach, Deion Sanders, is getting some Heisman buzz right now. Hard to argue that if you base your votes on just this year and not the fact that maybe you won last year, um, it'd be hard to argue that he's not the Heisman winner after that kind of performance or the Heisman, the Heisman leader, I should say. Yeah, I think the the unfortunate thing for Shadur is it's been such an award that you have to be on a really good team 
Now, maybe uh, Colorado is going to go 11-1 and one and, and put him in the running. I don't think so, but you don't want to underestimate Dion. But it seems like that uh, your team has to be darn near undefeated or one loss will eventually come to harm him. But he may end up being the best player in college football. Well, here's the one thing to his advantage. If you, if you base on week one, is that Colorado gave up over 500 yards of offense. So um, he's going to have plenty of chances, right? Because the defense is not stopping anybody. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, although although you have to admit, I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be teams that are a little stouter on defense than TCU. Sure, sure. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. Maybe, maybe not. Fun to talk about in week one because that was an unexpected development, if you will, right, going into uh, the season. Uh, a lot of uh, games, a lot of the, the big teams last week, even this week, um, are uh, engaging in those pay-for-play games. Uh, look, it's one where we even heard over the weekend there's uh, you know one FCS school that's going to take on a, you know, a major Power 5 team for a $500,000 payday that's going to pay for the renovation of their locker room, and they're going to take on another team later on and that money's going to pay for the new turf they had installed in their field. So um, there is some good in serving yourself up as a sacrificial lamb, if you will, to these big boys, if you're one of the small schools. But are these games are these games really good for college football overall? I think they've been going on for as long as we remember. I mean, you know, I remember as a kid, you know, you'd want to see how bad Slippery Rock got beat each week. Um, you know, as the as the scores crawled across the bottom of the ABC telecast, I I think good. I don't know if they're good, but for those programs, uh, you can make their year. I know we talked to a, a college basketball coach for a small university who was really hoping to play a bigger school because that one check could pay for his whole program's expenses for the year and and would be able to be transformative in what they could do with their with and to stretch their budgetary dollars. So I think it's probably more important to those smaller schools than any of us might uh, imagine because we're not holding their checkbook trying to pay the bills. Right. And that's kind of I'm that's kind of where I am with you as well on this, that I think that, look, I'd like to see these power, these, you know, the, the mega power teams, right? Top 30, top 40 teams uh, play other FBS teams. Don't go down a level to play the FCS. But to your point, um, the money is so great for those programs and not just football for their entire athletic programs. Yes. Um, and so it, it's a way you share the wealth in a way uh, with this. So I agree with that. Hey. Maybe the most impressive team last weekend was Florida State. I mean, the Seminoles look fantastic as they just completely dismantled LSU in a neutral site down in Orlando. Are the Knolls back? Are they for real? Well, I tell everybody, you know, you really don't want to take the week one results too seriously. Let's let it play out. So being the total hypocrite that I am, I'm going to tell you the Knolls are back because <laughs> that, team, that team just looked really good against an impressive LSU team that that could have been you could argue they could have been up 24 to 7 at the half if the breaks had 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 went a little bit more LSU's way and they got they got the wheels you know they got they got the whole the whole car came apart in the second half so i got to i got to give it to the Knolls i think they are back I, I think they are too and um you know when you look at the team that's probably their biggest competition in the ACC Clemson, the way they looked one night later, 
Uh, you have to, you have to think right now that Florida State is the class of the ACC, and it would appear if they can play that well uh, for the next uh, three months, uh, they may be um, you know vying for a shot in the um, in the college football playoff. Stay with us. More to come after this quick timeout. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Are drug and alcohol problems hitting you too close to home? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. 877-927-3380. 877-927-3380. That's 877-927-3380. Hey, Cags, football season's here, and we've got a great game for everybody to play. What's going on? Well, we have teamed with the uh, the company called Splash, and they have a fantastic NFL survivor pool that you can get into. So you just have to go to sportsguyspool.com. That's just one word, sportsguyspool.com. And when you go there, you get into the survivor pool. It's $10 to get in. You're picking one team that's going to win each week in the NFL, and you can only pick a team once. And by the end of the season, whoever goes the furthest gets to take away a nice prize. So it's a lot of fun. Um, unfortunately, with uh, with my picking ability, I will probably be like Kramer in the uh, Master of His Domain <laughs> contest in, in Seinfeld. I'll probably be out right away. But again, each week you just pick one team. You got obviously there's 32 teams in the NFL. You're going to be picking 19. So uh, the person who goes the longest by getting the getting each week right wins the pool. A lot of fun. Sportsguyspool.com. Elaine just walked in the door and said she's out. Sportsguyspool.com. Go check it out. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. That's 800-390-5160. You're listening to the Penn State Guys Radio Network. Uh, Arriving here in the show, Larry, Mike, and Brad, joined by another Mike as we get ready for uh, the Nittany Lions taking on Delaware, noon Eastern kick uh, on Saturday. Mike Gross, he covers Penn State for the Lancaster uh, newspapers, columnist. Uh, this guy knows his stuff. Uh, he has been uh, doing this for a number of years. I, I, I got to ask, um, uh, in Lancaster, you know, back in the day, my dad lived in Harrisburg. They still have that old Strasburg railroad there. Absolutely. Oh Thanks yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Thomas, Thomas, the tank engine used to hang out there. You go. Oh, yeah. All right. Had to get that out of the way. Okay. Now to important stuff. Yeah. Uh, we were talking just a moment ago, um, about this matchup. Uh, look, we don't think there's any concern about, uh, the, the Lions overlooking this team. Although again, they're one of the best in FCS. Um, but let's start first with last week, and we were really impressed with uh, with Drew Aller, the way he came out. Um, and obviously, this is the reason why we, we think that James Franklin was not that worried about this position. They knew what they had coming back um, with this young man coming in and taking the place of of one of the, the program's all-time greats. Is that fair to say? 
It's fair to say I think some people in Indian Nation would dispute whether Sean Clifford is one of the all-time greats. <laughs> he, had, he had his he had, he had the numbers. He had the numbers. Uh, he, he, did had long the numbers. he did have the numbers. I'm, I'm not giving you a hard time, but but uh, you hear me. But uh, yeah, the, the job one for this for this past Saturday was to was to get Drew Aller off to a good start, and they they certainly they certainly did that. Uh, People around here have been anticipating his debut as the starter. He did play some last year, anticipating it for a long time. I thought uh, an interesting thing that James Franklin said in his weekly press conference today was you may have noticed he made a couple of throws back across the field like he's running right and throwing left. And and normally that's uh, uh, nobody coaches that. And that's normally a no, no. But James Franklin said, we might make a little exception in the case of this kid because he's got the tools to make that happen. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, you know, the the question I had watching the game is, is this some, you know, coming this week with uh, Delaware, the, the fighting blue hens, is this a game that PSU now is going to look at to get Singleton and the rest of the running game going just to give the fighting Illini and the rest of the Big Ten some nightmares on is it Aller the running game both how are we going to stop it all? Oh, uh, you know, I, I a couple of things in, in that vein. They did not have they ran the ball reasonably effectively on Saturday, but but um, no explosive plays. I thought other than Aller, they didn't have a lot of the explosiveness that you expect to see from all these great athletes, even on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, another thing is they did not uh, involve the tight end much in the passing game, uh, which they are a multiple tight end team. And I think they have talent in, in that group. Uh, you know, I, th- I think maybe, but the rest of the big 10 is going to look at last week's tape and see Drew Aller. And that's probably perfectly okay with James Franklin, honestly. <laughs> Do you think, too, it could be a bit of uh, gamesmanship? I mean, they felt they could win this game against the Mountaineers, win this game against the Blue Hens. Um, after two years ago, they may not look overlook Illinois, but um, they kind of were, we're not going to give you all of our looks just yet, because we've got some some bigger fish now. We were kind of hold some things back and keep it in the closet for now. That's probably part of it, but it, but it was it was also I think it was also this. West Virginia played a lot of that cover zero thing, where we're going to have no deep safeties and bring everybody down to the line of scrimmage. And and your your reaction your reaction to that, if you're Penn State's offensive coordinator or if you're Drew Aller, is we're going to throw it over the top. I mean, I, I it, to some extent it was a reaction to what West Virginia tried to do because, somewhat to their credit, I think they came in there to try to win. You know, maybe we're going to get our heads knocked off and get beat by fifty because they're going to throw it over the top. But we're going to dare this. We're going to see if this kid can do that, and we're going to try to win the game. Uh, they they took a shot, and some of the stuff they did was reasonably effective. But uh, you know, still a pretty comfortable win for Penn State. Yeah, I also thought at least I was a little surprised that uh, Donaldson and company they did they they were very similar. Didn't have a lot of long runs. But they ended up piling up almost 150 yards on the ground. I was not expecting Penn State's defensive line to allow that to happen. Was there any surprise there, or was is that something that that you know under the circumstances is was okay? 
I do think that was a surprise. And I, you're saying 100. I, I, I thought they were very effective running the ball. Um, I thought early in the game, Penn State's front seven was a little bit. It was either Manny Diaz, the defensive coordinator, being a little stunt happy and throwing a kitchen sink at him, or I think more likely some of their players were trying to do too much and getting out of their gaps and out of their lanes and 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 getting a little frenzied and, and frantic. But I thought West Virginia ran it very effectively. In fact, I'm looking at the live stats as the game's going on, and they're averaging like 3.6 yards a carry. I'm thinking, am I watching a different game? I, I couldn't I, – I really thought they were pretty effective. Uh, now, West Virginia does have a good offensive line. That's the best position group on their entire team. And uh, and they're big and physical. I think defensive tackle. I think the interior of the middle of the line on uh, on uh, for Penn State on defense is a little bit of a concern. Talking with Mike Gross again, columnist and covers Penn State for Lancaster newspapers uh, in the Keystone State. Um, you know, I want to get back to something Kegley touched on just a moment ago. Um, we think this is the end of the divisions. Although, again, with the late ad here with Oregon and Washington, who really knows what next who year's knows, like? We'll figure it out at some point, uh, we'll be yep. told. Um, what What is it about this team? And we've heard so much that this is, you know, Franklin's best team since he's been with Penn State. What is it about this team that you have seen so far um, that you think that may be true, that this may be, this could be the year that they knock off the big two and and finally uh, win the East? I think this this roster has a combination of two things, depth and star power to a greater extent than he has ever had before. If you look at the um the guy for the the oh, Bruce Feldman, the national uh, guy for the college football guy for the athletic, he does this annual freaks list where he did he does a list of 100 guys who are like these guys are crazy athletic, have unbelievable upside. Six of the hundred were Penn State guys, more than any other program in the country. Uh, they 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 probably have eight future pros on their defense, on their just on their defense and their starting defense. So so it's the combination of the depth where they can absorb injuries and also where there's constant competition within the team to start. Uh, who's going to play to get reps, whatever, and and then also legitimate star power because. For none of those those six guys, those six freaks that Feldman named, none of them were named Drew Aller. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it's that combination, depth and star power, which they've never had that before, at least in the Franklin era. And I'm assuming, you know, there there's not much of uh, danger of even if they do look past Delaware, yeah, they they're not losing to Delaware. I yeah. mean, that's, this is one of these teams that, with all due respect to Delaware, which is not too far from Lancaster, I, I've been to many Delaware games. We've had local kids play at Delaware. It's a very good football program. But with all due respect to them, they're they're, they're taking the financial guarantee to come in here and, and get beat up. Uh, it's kind of the grim, the grim little uh, subplot of college football. But they're not losing to Delaware. But, but still, you know, there's some things to watch for. There always are. Mike, I want to talk a little bit, uh, shift gears here about uh, Big Ten expansion. Of course, uh, we already knew USC and UCLA coming in. Now it's Oregon, Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we've heard some some fans like, why not Stanford, Cal? And and obviously, um, you know, look, in terms of football programs and brands, um, 
the, I thought I thought it was a no-brainer to bring these two in. Uh, yeah, you're not bringing in the number five, number six market in San Francisco, uh, but I think it's a great ad. Your thoughts on uh, on the Big Ten going up to 18 teams next year, and and what's the reaction of of um, of fans uh, there in Happy Valley? What are, what are, what are they talking about with this? I don't think that I don't think the fans in Happy Valley, and I think I, I'm not sure fans, college football fans generally are thrilled about this. I think they see it as a they see college football some of its appeal is the regional nature of it. And that's that's being blown up, not just in the Big 10, nationally it's being blown up. It's going away. It's going to become a dinosaur. It's it's not going to exist anymore. Uh it, it, but if if you accept that it's going away forever, if you sort of accept that that's the reality, then yeah, it's pretty cool that they're playing USC. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to going to USC. I'm looking forward to going to, I've never been to Seattle. I'm looking forward to going to Washington, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, I mean, it, it's good programs. Uh, and, and, and if we are headed to, you know, a couple of super leagues or maybe a maybe a power five water like whittled down super one super league who knows uh you know you could do a lot worse than be associated with usc ucla with those schools washington oregon uc usc uh ucla but but um the fans i think the fans miss the regional nature of it you one almost one yeah yeah yeah, and what one almost wonders with the potential for future expansion where you might see the Big Ten one day, let's say, with four, six-team divisions. Ironically, a bigger Big Ten could lead to the regional, back to the regional divisions that you were talking about, and maybe people will feel like they're where they would like to be. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy. And and the other thing that I think would happen, what maybe eventually we come out the other side of this, that would almost be a good thing, is if the these region these non-regional alignments these national leagues that we're talking about are for football only and not for the other sports uh i saw some guy say the other day i think it was on twitter that uh maybe maybe down the road this could be the return to the big east basketball conference <laughs> you know somehow maybe that could be the all the machinations of this could could work out that way uh because it is absurd for UCLA's softball team to be going to Rutgers, right? I mean, that's just, or their swimming team or, you know, that's, uh, and and there really is no financial reason, I don't think, for uh, for those, for, for this affiliation to be in all, Penn State has 30 intercollegiate sports in all 30. There's no reason. So that could be kind of a nice thing. Yeah. You know, and that's one reason why I think that the ACC made this move and it gets them some more money. And by adding the three teams, Stanford, Cal and SMU, um, but you still wonder how long that lasts, because even though they do have the extra money and they're going to divvy that up among the existing 12 teams, 13 teams, I guess yeah. we'll get a check as well. Um, they're still behind the annual payout of Big Ten and SEC teams as we way been- behind. Yeah, way behind. We mentioned before on the show that of the top 15 paid coaches right now, 12 now, before the big money comes in, 12 are from the Big Ten and the SEC. So even let's say you get extra money, you're still 15 to 20 million behind those other teams today. And that gap is only going to grow. So you still feel like at some point the unrest, um, and I know we talked to Trev Alberts in Nebraska a couple of weeks ago, and he said okay. he, he thinks the, that the disruption is just beginning. Yeah, I, I think the the ACC one that really feels sort of temporary and kind of 
duct tape together kind of a thing. Uh, uh, you know, Cal and Stanford. I, I mean, I, you know, they almost they almost feel more Big Tenish to me than than ACC. And and I like the ACC. I, I've always, uh, uh, you know, Mid Atlantic. I'm I'm, a, I'm an ACC guy. But but uh, but right now in in football, and I thought it was. A, I, I thought it was like forty million a year less than their that they're. I don't know what the number is, but but I it's crazy. Uh, less than the in terms of TV money, less than the ACC than the Big Ten and the SEC. So uh, that that feels that feels like a temporary marriage. And the crazy thing is SMU apparently going for that deal without any of the money, right? Or well, very little of it, of course. Wow. People don't remember the amount of money that those boosters at SMU spent in the early 80s because they had a couple teams there that were probably the best team in the country. They just couldn't win anything because of various infractions that they were uh, under suspension for. So maybe, maybe now, those the, uh, now those SMU boosters have got to, got to be saying, hey, we Apparently we were doing it right because now it's legal, right? I was going to say that we they may have uh, let the genie out of the bottle. Yeah, right. Ahead of their time, exactly. Yeah. So, but you're right. How, how about to have that much money? They can say, "We don't need your TV. We don't need your little piddly TV money for seven years. We're we're, yeah. we're good. We're good. We'll sell yeah. forty million. Got some oil cash. They got some oil cash down That's there. Right. That's right. Metroplex. Yeah. That's right. Hey, Mike. Great to get your insights and to talk with you, uh, man. It's just, just enjoy this week and the trip to Champagne next week uh, for that contest. And hopefully, we'll talk to you again soon here on the show. Absolutely, my pleasure, guys. Thanks. We Take appreciate care. that. Mike Gross again, uh, man, great stuff. Covers a uh, Penn State columnist and uh, sports writer for uh, the Lancaster newspapers up there, and uh, just does a tremendous job. And again. Great to get his insights. Uh, somebody, listen. Anytime you talk to somebody smarter than than yourself, it's just a good thing, Cagley. You know, it feels good. It's awesome. I, I don't know. I don't. Un, I don't understand that. <laughs> Commercial break. Gotta go. Penn State Sports Spectacular continues after this. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Health Insurance Helpline can help you get it. 800-448-0828. 800-448-0828. That's 800-448-0828. I got a few minutes here before we uh, have to say goodbye. Uh, Mike, your thoughts, Nebraska at number 22, Colorado. I actually think Nebraska is in a little bit of trouble. I really think that uh, their offense is going to uh, struggle even against a weak Colorado defense. And I think Colorado's offense is going to be a nightmare. Shadur Sanders actually played down here in Melissa, Texas. Um, the guy is uber talented and I think he is one that could have went anywhere in the country and it would have been interesting had he went to an Alabama or a Ohio state to have seen what he would have done there. Um, and he is going to, you know, when 500 and whatever, 10 yards is your opening salvo, that's pretty dang impressive. 
against another Power Five program. This wasn't against a, a yeah, and it's number seventeen. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's yeah, exactly right. Um, you know, he's impressive. And keep in mind, he's a junior, so he's a seasoned vet. Uh, at quarterback, and that makes uh, this year intriguing for Colorado. I love the Texas-Alabama game. Uh, Texas coming in number 11. Alabama right now third in the country. Um, I like the Crimson Tide in this one because they are at home and because Nick Saban, again, plays uh, just – he does coaches so well against guys who used to coach under him, 28-2 and all-time. Steve Sarkeesian, of course, the Texas coach, former offensive coordinator for the Tide for a couple of seasons uh, uh, just a few years ago. This is a good matchup, though, and um, I, I do like Alabama. However, if Texas pulls off the win, how exciting to get the consensus big four in college football, right? Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan. And then the first two weeks, you add a Florida State and you add a Texas to the mix. Uh, that would be uh, a, a lot of fun. Uh, hey, producer Tony Cordero, um, you're a Notre Dame guy. Irish taking on NC State. Yeah, it should be an interesting ball game. You know, it's going to be uh, a thing where can NC State come out and punch Notre Dame in the mouth early? Notre Dame has, you know, had it easy so far. Tennessee State, that's a pay, you know, joke game. Navy in Dublin, okay, it's still Navy. Um, can NC State punch Notre Dame in the mouth, get them off their game? you know, make him a little weak in the knee and put some pressure on Sam Hartman because he's had all day to throw and he's looked good. An elite quarterback gives you a chance in any ball game. Notre Dame is a good, solid team, great run game, got four different backs that can carry the ball, four different backs have scored this year for them, but they haven't been challenged yet. It'll be interesting to see if NC State can challenge them, really see what this Notre Dame team has because Ohio state's coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And that should be a, an outstanding game as well. One that, that we have not talked about much uh, because we've been stuck on some of these earlier uh, matchups here in the beginning of the college football season. Hey, I want to get both of your thoughts um, on the pac 12 uh, boy. It has been, I mean, just a punching bag and it feels like everyone's taking a shot, right? <laughs> coming in. Uh, you, you began the season with 12 teams. You're going to end. Uh, the school year with only two. Uh, but guys, they were the only conference in week one to go 12 and O. Your thoughts? Yeah, the Big Ten fans informed me that that the Big Ten lost three games, but two of them were Big Ten matchups to open. So they did lose one game. And I guess you have to say shame on Purdue. But you know, the 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 Pac 12 is has some teams at the top that are powerful, and that's why. Uh, so many of them ended up in the Big Ten. <laughs> and so, you know, I think ultimately uh, that's it's a strong conference. And if USC can manage to play up to the level of expectation, you know, it, they may be a team that makes it to the end of the Final Four. I think it's hats off to the Big 12. You know, like you said, they've been picked apart, picked clean. They're down to two schools at the end of this, this school year. And yet they went 12-0 and in week one, beat Florida, um, you know, Washington State had a nice win. Oregon State with a nice win over the Labor Day weekend. Uh, DJ Oyungle looked great for them, so they could be an interesting team this year. Hats off to the Pac-12. They may go out in just an absolute blaze of glory this year. Yeah, yeah. Why not? I mean, it was, you know, Colorado the win. We forget that they're still there. You mentioned Utah already. Um, Arizona, Arizona State. It was uh, very exciting to uh, to see 
um, this conference uh, go 12 and 0. And like you said, like you said, go out with go out with a bang. Why not? Hey, we are out of time. Boy, two hours uh, goes by way too fast as always. Glad you're with us, though. I appreciate everyone who stopped by. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the weekend. And we'll see you right back here. Same station this time next week. The preceding program is a product of Rise Above Productions and Revision Sound. Join us next week for the latest edition of Penn State Guys Sports Spectacular. 